podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. It's Sunday night and that can only mean one thing. It's the Fatback Four. And tonight we have a special show. It's a, co- a collaboration between ourselves here and the boys from Coppish. We have Drifty here with us. Drifty, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on, man. It's a pleasure to be here. No, it's great to have you. It's great to have you on. It's good to get another voice um, on the on the team for the, for the show. And we also have Grizz again. Grizz, how are you, my man? I'm good. Melting away. Keep me here. It's like a sauna. I'm losing pounds. Keep going. Good man. Good man. It's it's the Blue keto, the 2020 20 keto. That's the one. That's what we want to see. Never and, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Best thing ever, but he gave up after a few weeks. Of course he did. <laughs> and Gav, how are you, pal? You're outside of the hosting for a change. Um, yeah, struggling. I was struggling today. Um, nothing to do with the heat because I'm quarter Italian and I'm used to the heat. Um, but That's it. Um, I was struggling today. I'm a bit better now and uh, looking forward to this one. Fine head of hair. You can tell that's from your Italian heritage. That's it. Um, that's it. Yeah, 100%. I'm going to be joined shortly by Callum, uh, Callum Sanderson, also from the, the Coppish um, show as well. So, we'll be, what we're going to be looking at tonight, we said we'd have a look at the FSG business, um, how they're approaching the transfer window, how they, as, as an overall, how they, how their policy and their business model is working out and what we'd like to see maybe change or if anything we'd like to see change and so you know there's going to be a few um disagreements probably along the way and which is great we welcome that sort of thing on here so um i'll start off i'll go to gav first gav the window's open and we've mm-hmm. we've seen a move well we've seen a couple of things happen and it's all been around the sort of left back position we had breaking news during our night that um jamal lewis was the the chosen one and we then just backed away just got out of that as soon as we could when Norwich weren't budging on their price and we've gone for Simicast instead. Mm-hmm. Is Are you happy with that move to start off the window? Is that something that you think we need to do? Yeah, um, I watched the show just a couple of minutes ago with yourself and Grizz and, and Harry and it was it was brilliant. Um, Harry knows some amount of stuff on that fella, by the way. Um, and what a bloke. He's a really nice fella. Yeah, listen, what do I want for the summer? And is that the right move? It probably is. You know, there's a budget there, £11.7 million, I think, is, is the touted figure at the moment. And look, when I looked at this summer, I, I've gone back the last couple of windows, I've said, you know, when you're in a position of strength, you strengthen. And uh, I stand by that. I really do. And But, you know, we've seen it. You know, people will point to last season and say, we signed nobody. Well, we didn't. We signed a couple of players, but they were no big name players. You know, Adrian makes a big influence on the first eight, nine, ten games of the season. But Klopp, after, after um, you know, 
winning the European Cup decided to more or less stick with his team and, and give them one more belt at, at the Premier League after being pissed by, by City. But going into this summer, I think a left back had to be a priority. You know, we're, we're, we're putting stick and plasters on it. You know, James Milner, no offense to him, but James Milner is, is getting older and it's a hard job to play left back for Liverpool. It's, yeah. it's probably the hardest position on the pitch, left and right back to play for Liverpool. So one of them was probably, yeah, you're looking there. That's, that's fine. Centre half, I thought we would need one because Lovren or Matip would go and Lovren has gone. And I suppose, looking at it from now, it's, I, I still like to see a centre half. I'd, I'd probably like to see something in midfield and something up front, um, which I think is extremely hard to do, the forward position. But come the 6th of October, if, if you tell me we're signing this lad, um, Simakas, a centre back and somebody to play in a forward role, I'd be quite happy. But being greedy, I think I'd like something in midfield as well. Excellent, excellent. Um, Grizz will come to you. Can you see that being a few more moves getting done? Or is is this it? Is this the left-back cover and all other uh, promotions will come with it internally? No, I think there'll be more additions. But I think going back to your question to Gav, um, you know me, I always like answering the questions that you ask others. You know, it's just a habit of mine. But definitely... Been on it, Chris. Definitely, um, it's obvious and it's clear that we knew what we are doing and we knew what we were looking at. Because the biggest gripe, one of the biggest gripes, uh, my man Callum's here, I've got to stop what I'm saying and give a big shout out to Mate. salute my man Callum. <laughs> And I mean, put apologies me for being late. Thanks very much for having me, guys. Or struck up lost. I don't know where to start again, now, man. <laughs> but 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 what, I'm, but what I'm saying is like, look, one of the biggest grab of Liverpool fans during the summer after seeing the way we play and, and the way we um, the way our play is dim- is sort of slightly diminished when one either one of the attackers drops out or when one of the fullbacks drops out. And boom, what we've done in the first week or so of the transfer window or whatever it is, we've gone and addressed that issue. Now, the other issue is, in my opinion, is obviously addressing the forward attacking options, which will be a more of a patient thing. I can t- definitely, definitely say that will be a patient thing. And that is because of COVID. I truly believe if it wasn't for COVID, we were going to go big today. Santa wouldn't be thinking about United if there was no COVID. You know, I'm pretty certain of that. Or, or Werner. We would 100% have had Werner or Santa. Mm. But going forward, I can definitely see a centre-back probably next, in fact. And then it's a patience game. Then it's a game of patience for because because this window is long and there's a long way to go yet. And there's a lot of outgoings and ingoings. And then it's a matter of being clever and smart. And that's what we are right now. We're a clever and smart operation from top to bottom. And this signing proves so. You know, um, I'm sure a lot of the viewers that are listening, watching, listening now must have heard the, the show before where we had uh, Harry the Greek expert, Harry the Greek, that goes well, isn't it? Um, ex- and, and who gave us a proper insight into the um, yeah. uh, lad. Even though he told me how to say his name. Simicas. Simicas, yeah. Simicas, who, who you know, seems to be, a, turns out to be, could turn out to be a very shrewd signing. So I think it's a. I think we've started off brilliantly, and I think we'll address the issues that we need to address. The only one that I'm not confident about is we go big on an attacker. 
that's true. That's true. Uh, Drifty, I'll come to you for your opinion on how you, what you'd like to see or how you think the window is going to go or what you'd expect, what you'd like and what you expect, maybe probably two different things. Oh, yeah. The, the, the gap is ridiculous <laughs> between what I expect and what I want. Yeah. Um, it, he could turn out to be one of the best backup players we've ever signed. So I don't know too much about him. But from what I've seen, Callum like does know about him. He schooled me on a bit. And he does look like a very shrewd signing for what we have, the way we play. So I'm not disappointed with this signing in any way, shape or form. I will admit I wanted Jamal more. I really like Jamal. I've, I've done a little bit of scouting on him on top of what I already knew, thinking he was going to be the one we go for. Um, and I like everything about the kid. I think his ceiling is really, really high. Um, I kind of feel sorry for him a bit now as well because imagine being in a championship yeah. side, getting scouted by Liverpool, and then all of a sudden, that's almost like being asked to the prom by the best-looking girl in the school, and then your dad says you're grounded. You'd be like, "What? <laughs> like, are you really gonna block me like that, Dad?" Like, so I really feel bad for Jamal right now. Um, I personally don't like the fact that we. I don't know if it's a coincidence or whether it's just me looking into it too much. Somebody went before we bought somebody. I'm sick of this. Like, seriously, I'm, 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 you, you can't even ask me any more about this. I'm not FSG in and I'm not FSG out. I'm FSG spend some money. Do you know what I mean? That, that's where I am. So I'm I don't really like the idea that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that, that's just because I know some people won't really know how I feel about it. So I'm, I'm just letting everyone know. I'm not in or out. I'm right in the middle. Yeah. You know? I want us to buy a very adequate replacement for Lovren. Callum will tell you, look, I'm probably one of the few people who felt like as much as he makes mistakes, he was the best fourth choice centre back in the league. And he only played a lot because we get injured. If, if Gomez and Matic weren't injury prone, and Lovren didn't have to play as much as he did, he was as good as you can get as a fourth-choice centre-back, in my opinion. I was always worried if he left, it was only going to be promotion from the youth and we wouldn't buy an actual centre-back. I'm hoping that we actually do buy somebody because promotion right now, I don't see any of our centre-backs in the youth team being able to come in and play at the moment. So I do hope they go and get a better centre-back than what Lovren was because it's quite hard to buy somebody now and he knows he's kind of fourth choice. Unless we was to buy, I don't know, like Upper McCartney or someone who'd be like, okay, so you're buying me to potentially be a starting player. Most people would know they're coming to be backup. It's quite difficult to actually buy a player knowing he's going to be backup. Um, so, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm happy with him. I would have preferred Jamal. A winger, 100%, as Gris said. I'm worried it's not going to be a good winger we buy, though. Um, I'm all right with Saar. I think Saar would be, we've spoke about this on our channel, a lot, a lot of people are unhappy with that, but I think he's got massive potential if Klopp gets hold of him. So I'd be all right with that as, as, a, as a backup signing. And uh, I'm sure Grizz may have a little information on our boy uh, Thiago, but if that doesn't happen, I am going to be livid. Livid. So that, that better get done, man. That better get done. <laughs> nah, you need, you need to expect that player. Yeah. You need to get him out of your head, Drift, because that's only going to cause you heartbreak. You don't need to be worrying about that one. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. 
Uh, not all. Look, it's interesting that you mentioned about Jamal because, you know, today we put out a little clip Grizz put out there earlier. We'd done a show last week where um, the news broke that Liverpool were going for Jamal Lewis and we had done a, Grizz had given us a, a bit of info. Look, Simicas get on him and we were going to talk about him and then the, the Lewis, Mel Reddy broke the Lewis news so we started to switch off from that. It's it's one that I'm excited about personally, and after speaking to Harry on a show there before this one, it, you know, it, it was it was good to hear what his take on it was. He's not a Liverpool fan, he's not an Olympiacos fan. It it was just nice to hear his take. It's not one for the first team, but it's one that you know, with a bit of guidance and a bit of tutelage from Klopp, could be a very shrill sign. So we'll wait and see with that one. Callum, how are you? I'm good, thank you, man. Thanks very much for having me again. No guys. problem at all. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. It's great to have you boys on here tonight with us. Um, what do you want from the window, Callum? Um, I swear it changes every single day. Um, I went into the window, definitely wanting Werner. Then I kind of understood why the club didn't want him. But then when I sat down and thought about it, I was like, a club wanted him. I'm I'm very much in the boat of if Klopp wants someone, if Klopp wanted to go inside and my brother, who's not a good footballer, I'd say he needs to go and sign him because Klopp's obviously got a plan. I'm that invested in Klopp when it comes to his signings in Edwards. Mm. However, I sit here now and the signing of Simicast, I'm very happy with. I'm sort of the opposite to Drifty. I, I wasn't massively sort of happy about going for Jamal Lewis. I thought he was just good. I just thought we were almost being lazy with our scouting going for Jamal Lewis. He's a player who's been relegated, so many people see him as an easy acquisition. He's a left back. That's I I watch him play and I've never sort of watched him and thought he really stands out. Whereas I've seen Simicast play a couple of times sort of against Arsenal. And again I know we're not, it's not a high barometer using Arsenal because defensively, well, Arsenal is an outfit are pretty poor anyway. Um, but I watched him play against Arsenal and he, he ripped them to shreds. Um, against Traore the other day, he, he pocketed one of the hardest wingers to, to deal with in the Premiership. Handled Handled yeah, so I was like, yeah, I really want him. Plus, he's cheaper than Jamal Lewis. Now, I'm not in the whole wanting to just go for players because they're cheap. But if one player is cheaper and, in my opinion, better, then for me, it's a no-brainer. So Simicas was someone that I really wanted and I'm happy that that seems to be going ahead because I think left-back was the, the main priority of this window. Um, I also think a centre-back, <clears throat> I think a left-footed centre-back would be really good for us to acquire. Um, one, because it would potentially give us a bit of versatility, um, having someone who could potentially play left-back if there's an emergency situation. And two, because if we ever, ever wanted to trial going three at the back, having someone who's a left-footed centre-back on the left of the three actually helps us with our versatility in the way we play out from the back as well. Um, I, I watch, I, I'll be really honest, I watched your guy's show the other day um, when you spoke about Evan and Dicker, and he, he seems a really bright prospect. Um, I also like Zagadou from Dortmund as well. Yeah. Getting these players is going to be difficult, though. As I, I like Ben White a lot. Obviously, he's not left-footed, but I like Ben White a lot. So I think getting a centre-back, I think the way to sell it to a centre-back is not all... I don't think actually bringing a centre-back into be fourth choice, you're actually there to compete with Gomez and Matip. I think if we use this, the sort of the, the narrative of being a fourth choice, we're going to struggle to find a centre-back sort of better than the Clavan standard. Yeah. Um, but if we go in and we say, look, Matip and Gomez miss these amount of games every season, unfortunately through injuries, 
And I think Klopp's proven in his tenure that if you're good enough and you play well in a team, he's not just going to drop you just for the sake of it. So I think a centre-back coming in has a real chance of actually making a stand and, and giving themselves a really high chance of actually starting a lot of games next to Van Dijk. So I think a centre-back, Thiago's a player that I wouldn't even have thought about twice before we went into the window, but now we've been linked to him. I need Thiago. He's like the dessert before you have the meal. Like You weren't thinking about dessert, but now they've shown you the menu. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get the brownies and ice cream. I'll do it. I'll, I'll go home with a, with a full stomach now. So Thiago, I really want. And then, yeah, just a wide forward. Um, again, ideally a left-footed wide forward just to sort of mimic what Salah does on that side. I think Minamino uh, can cover that. I think if we keep Origi, um, although I hate seeing him out on the wing, he can do that in, a, in an emergency role. Um, but I'd like to see Origi sort of as Bobby's main backup through the centre. Uh, but yeah, just a left-sided, sort of left-footed attacking wide player. And that, that would be me satisfied in this window. Yeah, I, I think we're all sort of thinking along the same lines there. And you make a good point there about the centre-back uh, column. I think, you know, if the rumours are to be be believed, you know, if they go for someone like, let's say, Mandy for 10 million um, from Real Betis, 28, that's along the lines of a Clavan sign. And isn't it? That's it. You're yeah. being brought in for choice centre-back. We're probably not expecting too much from you. But if they were to go for um, Endicca, that's a project. Fair enough, he's only 20 or whatever you can sell it to him. But Ben White is an interesting one because if Ben White was to come in now, we won't go for Ben White because I think Leeds have already bid something like 22 or 23 million and it's been rejected by by Brighton. So he's going to go for serious money. And I don't think we're going to even entertain any bids like that um, for a position that we don't, you know, it's not a a starting position. One thing about Liverpool, I think they'll spend if they need to spend, if it's a gaping hole in the team. And we're in a position now where all our holes are just squad. It's not in the 11. Do you know what I mean? So it's a hard window. It's a hard, mm. it's hard to buy. It's hard to sell it. I think, um, I don't know if Drifty, you said that earlier or someone said it. It's hard to convince players to come in if they're not going to be um, starting and not going to be forced choice. Like So it really is a difficult sell to get anyone. But if the, I think if they do sign a centre-back, because I don't think there's anyone in the youth. Keanu Hilver done a, a Q&A there online the other day and they asked him his preferred position. He said right back. Doesn't feel physical enough to be a centre-back. So, you know, that's him out of the running. So, and Vandenberg doesn't look ready. He looks two years away from being two years away. And... <laughs> Yeah. Then the other fella in Stuttgart, what's his name? Um, <laughs> Matt Phillips. Oh, Matt Phillips. <laughs> you know, he's not he's not ready either. You know, so I think that will have to be unless the Fabinho one gets put back there. But that disrupts our midfield, really, doesn't it? So it's it's an unusual one. Um I want to skip ahead just on, on our uh, agenda, just to one thing about the others needing to spend to catch us. A lot of people are panicking about what United are doing, what Chelsea are doing, what City are doing. We're in an enviable position, and it's a position none of us are familiar with. You know, we've never been the the ones to catch. We've never been the ones in the in the driving seat, Gav. So do you think it's it's maybe just our condition to panic about these things when if we look at it in the cold light of day, we don't need to do too much. Maybe a couple of new fresh faces is required, but overall it's not a major job that we need on the squad. Um, it, it's a squad game, but I think 
I don't agree with adding players to a squad just for the sake of adding them. I, I like to see players added to a squad that are genuinely going to challenge the people in the first 11. There's no point bringing in a fella and saying, ah, he'll just be okay if if we need him for four or five games a season. No professional footballer should be signing for any team knowing that he's going to play four or five games a season, let's be honest. Um, but... You know, you mentioned there about other sides, and 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 I was I was on on to Drifty the other the other day, um, because he was saying about spending and not spending and Arsenal spending and stuff like that. I I'd ask people to go and look at what Arsenal have spent over the last four or five years. Manchester United are the biggest beacon in in this altogether, and it's panic. All right, there's no. There's no structure to it, and and you know you seem to be going down that route already because we heard up going back probably six eight eight months, probably a year ago, that United were looking at Liverpool's um, structure and the way they do things. and They're, they're, they're going to try and mimic this by, by picking the right players, young, hungry players, bringing them through and, you know, looking for value in the market. And they're sitting looking at Dortmund now, having a staring contest over 120 million quid. Now, he may yeah. be worth it, but, you know, United need more than... They need more players urgently in different positions than they do Jaden Sancho. That's just my opinion. When it comes to Liverpool, listen, we, we've never been in this position, you're right. We've never been in this position where we sit here and we go, this is the squad we have. Look what they've done over the last two to three years. Um, a lot of them are, you know, approaching or in their prime. And yeah, it is difficult to sign players because of the quality we have. But there's a rootlessness going on here as well, Keith, and I don't think it's I don't think it's being appreciated. Like we could have easily said the day on Lovren, look, we'll give you we'll extend your contract because we had the right to. We had the right to. We had the right to extend his contract and say you're not going nowhere. And you know, you're great around the place. Adam Alana could have easily been given another deal because he's great around the place. But there's a rootlessness going on here where we went, No, he's he's not good enough and he's not good enough and he's not having enough of an impact and they're gone. You know that kind of way. Now I know where Drift is coming from because you know, we sold somebody to, to to buy somebody. I don't, I see where you're coming from with that, but I'll, I'll say it, and I'll probably say it numerous times going through this show. I'll wait till the 6th of October before that statement would would actually be true. Yes, we've sold Dayan Lovren because he's a great fourth choice centre-back when you don't have to play a fourth choice centre-back. But the problem you have is Joe Gomez hasn't completed a full season for Liverpool. Never, never. Right, Joe Matthews walking around and just looks at somebody and he's out for God knows how long. So your fourth choice becomes <laughs> quite irregular. It, it, yeah. it becomes a regular in your side. And Dayan Lovren as a regular in Liverpool side simply does not work. He's great to look at in the squad if you don't have to use him. You know, so you're right. We haven't been in this position. It's new to us. I understand people wanting to spend money because look at what we've won, look at the money we've taken in. You do have to take the COVID thing into consideration and you don't know how long it's going to go on for. But I, I, I stick by, and people know I'm an FSG supporter because, quite frankly, 10 years ago, I was looking at the club I support, literally ready to go out of business, and now I'm sitting here and they've won a European Cup and they've won all these other bits and pieces and they've won a league title. So I will always be grateful to FSG. The model seems right. I would have questions over some bits of it, which we'll get on to later. But overall, I think we have to wait until the 6th of October when the window closes, where we can fully evaluate what we've done and how well we've done it. Very good point. Very good point. Drifty, I'll come to you next because, yeah, I saw your, your tweet about, about Arsenal and I can understand the frustration. I think everyone can. 
it's it, it is tough when you see others and before the country drift I just want to say yeah uh, John put a comment in there about United and Chelsea are doing what we did in 2018 when we spent over 200 million to catch City but they're not really because we plugged two gaping holes in our team to make that change and they're not doing that in my opinion they they still have gaping holes in their team so I don't think it's exactly the same but look we'll only time will tell with that but Drifty are you worried about what the others are doing? Um, I know Arsenal was more of a just a, if they're going to cut, do this, you know, it's it, what, are we, what are we even in it for if it's mm. Arsenal doing it? But are you worried about all your top side spending? Or do you think that we're in this position and we don't have to do it? We don't have to go out and spend massive money. Um, I mean, in relation to the Arsenal thing, I was I was using that because <laughs> I, it's, people think I'm always taking shots at Arsenal wherever I am I don't know um, but I look at a club as dead as them <laughs> they deserve owners it. who are <laughs> way worse than ours yeah. and I'm thinking so if they've spent triple the money we have this isn't about who they buy because yeah I think they keep buying terribly so it's not about who they're buying it's just the fact that if they are able to spend this money how can my club keep telling me we don't have money. That's what my problem is because Man City and Chelsea can spend money all day long and I know we can't even bat an eyelid at teams like that. Man United, I know we can't bat an eyelid at that. If Tottenham or Arsenal start spending more than us, I am not hearing the COVID excuse. I'm not because there's no way those two clubs should be spending more than we are. So that's where I start to just worry a little bit with the model of having to get rid of a player to buy a player this whole money ball and all this stuff, it just worries me just a little bit because I don't want a superstar walking through the door, but we've got to do another Coutinho for it to happen. I'm sick of that now. We're at the top of the tree. That should no longer be what we do anymore. Um, yeah. With regards to worrying, I'm always going to be worried about City because I think they'll always be there or thereabouts regardless of whatever. Um, Ake doesn't worry me. Um, Torres does worry me because I think he's, he looks like he could be a very, very good player. Um, it will depend whether they get another centre-back. I think if they go and get a really top-class centre-back, then it's on for next season. It's, it, it really is. Until that happens, I'm not going to be worrying and getting sleepless nights about them. Man United and Chelsea, it's a tough one because Chelsea look like they're just buying... They're playing football manager at the moment. They're just buying whoever's mm-hmm. popular and feel good about the fact they've got the actual signing at their club. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to end up working out for them. Only time will tell. If they don't buy any centre-backs, they definitely won't win the league. That's for sure, because defensively, they are terrible. Um, again, I feel like somebody's got to go and investigate what's going on at Chelsea because I'm hearing they're going to loan Kepper out because they have nobody who actually wants to buy him and slap 100 million down for um, Oblak. They're going to pay 80 million pounds for Havertz, from what we've been told. Werner, uh, Zayic, I'm Chilwell, I'm hearing now that they're, they're kind of in, you know, a good stage of talks for 60 million for Chilwell. I'm sorry, even if it's been relaxed, FFP, how are Chelsea able to just go and spend this much money? Just, it's, this is actually like ludicrous figures. It'll be like four, 500 million. I mean, what the hell is going on here? So I'm always going to be a bit worried because I'm a pessimistic fan who, as you said, I'm not used to this. This feels amazing. I've, I've never, ever actually been able to feel like I don't have anything to worry about. So this is a beautiful feeling. But 
that kind of pessimism and realism within me will always be like, yeah, they do get it right. We might not, you know what I mean, be able to do well if we get an injury, which is why we need to strengthen. If you could wave a magic wand over our squad right now and say, we won't lose any of the first 11 to an injury, I would say we'll easily win the league next year. Easily win the league next year. But because that's not a reality and we could be struck with an injury, I really do need the squad to look ready to take on the challenge of these other teams spending this big boy money. Yeah. Gav, you are looking to come in there, way or is it? Well, a little bit on the Chelsea thing. You, you know, Chelsea are sitting on, on, on the Harvard or the, the money from... Hazard, Hazard Maratta. and Morata as well. So the signings they've made in Zayic and Werner haven't haven't touched touched the sides yet. You know that's just money that was sitting there. The relaxed FF, the, the relaxed FFP stuff. I, I I agree with you. I think like just talking the paper of City going and spending three hundred million quid um this summer. I don't think that'll happen. But if they get anywhere close to that, you know, with a cast ruling not three four weeks ago, yes, I agree with you, Drifty. You would have to start looking and going. Listen, these lads are up in court and now they're spending three hundred million quid when everyone is affected by COVID. I just think there's, I, I do agree with you, there's too much being made of COVID. And I think on both sides, you know, Liverpool trying to follow staff was a mistake. But I think Liverpool have Liverpool haven't told anyone they've no money. Simple <laughs> as that. They haven't told anybody they've no money. They've just said that they are they are assessing the situation. They're assessing everything with regards to COVID and they will, you know, make decisions as they go along. Now that's not me completely and utterly defending FSG. I know where people are coming from. You should have enough money to go and do A, B or C. But the big thing is the bonuses these players are on um, are massive, absolutely massive. They're performance related. You know, so winning leagues, winning Champions League, Super Cups, World Club Cups, it all adds up. But I go back to it and, and I can keep going back to it. These people are spending this money and it's literally like, it's literally like just spend the most and it'll get you where you need to go. It's not how it works anymore. Yeah, so true. Grizz, what do you think? Like about, I'll, I'll do the question again for you because you do tend to forget. Oh, he's forget. So, he's forgot he's on the yeah. show. I ain't forgetting <laughs> shit today. I ain't forgetting shit today. About the I've others, Grizz. It's about the I've others. I've been listening. No, I'm not interested in others. I know you want to ask well, but I'm not interested in others. I'm, I'm interested in my club. And my club especially under FSG, and and it's clear and obvious what they've done. Yeah, it's absolutely clear and obvious. We don't need to repeat that because we're not on their payroll. Well, I'm not, right? So we can't be repeating, repeating what they've done for us. We're forever grateful. FSG have, have made mistakes, but the biggest trust and the biggest, the biggest hope I've got in FSG is they've always learned as they've gone along. Mm. Every time they've made a mistake, whether it's in the transfer market, because let's not forget, we did buy willy-nilly. We didn't have a... We, our analytics team only came into effect uh, when Edwards' role changed, I believe. Before yeah. that, we made some awful buys. We spent loads of money. And this is not aimed at Drifty or Gab. I'm just giving my opinion, yeah? We have spent money in the past, but in the wrong places, in the wrong players, our scouting network hasn't been as refined as it is now. In my opinion, it's not about spending money. And this kind of um, 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 transfer that's happening now is, is, is an example. I believe we're smart. I just believe we're so smart. 
that we're ahead of the curve. And that's what it is with us. And I believe and trust in that process. For me, it's absolutely not about spending money. For me, it's absolutely about recruiting the right players that we need in the team or squad. And that's where it's going to be until 6th of October. That's going to stay. That's My my aim is not to, from my opinion, if, I, for, if I'm a Liverpool fan, in my opinion, is, which I am, I'm not I'm not interested in if we're going to buy Sancho, et cetera, et cetera, or whatever, whatever, all the names. I'm saying we need an able deputy for the front lads. Please, FSG, get someone able deputy. I don't know. It's your field. You are the masters of it so far. We've been spot on in the transfer market. Get someone for that. Whoever they get for that, we will say, I won't look at the price or who, what the name is. I'm going to say, oh, we've got someone in a wide attacking bird. So far, Edwards has been 95% banging every um, recruitment. So I'm going to go with that. The Simicast, not many people knew about him, but now I'm thinking, okay, we've got him for 11.5 million, whatever it is. He must be good. The reason why I'm saying I have to believe that is because we can only go by track record. Mm. We can, that's fact. We can only go by a past record. That's what we can, No one can predict the future, whether he's going to be a brilliant star, whether he's going to be rich. Yeah. We've done the spending of, we've done like Man United, a scattergun approach. We've done, we've done that as well. And yes, someone made a comment, uh, comment in, the, um, in, in the chat about we used to do that kind of shit. We used to buy players willy nilly. Robbie Keane, we didn't need him at the time. I remember. I don't know how much he cost us. I don't know if one of you will know. Twenty million. That was a that was a lot of money at the time, right? I believe. Yeah, we've yeah. done all that approach about buying. You know, willing. Now our recruitment is so refined. It's so refined. I get that the margin of error. This is where we maybe come onto the criticism. I get the margin of error is real, real, real less. We can't go wrong because of our budget, because of the way we spend. But I have no qualms in the amount we spend. I just want the recruitment done in the right places. I also believe, and I said it before and I'll say it again, we were keeping uh, the reason why we didn't spend in the last two, and this is information-based, the reason we, we didn't spend, we were going to go big this summer. We 100% were going to go big this summer. As I said, Werner would be there. If not Werner, Sancho, one of them would be in Liverpool, including Havertz. All three were on our wanted list. I know that for a fact. But alas, it is what it is. And call it unlucky, call it bad timing. It has affected us. And because we run as a business, we know every business has suffered. Chelsea ain't run as a business. Man United ain't run as a business. They're, you know, Man City ain't run as a business. They're, they're different levels. So we can't compete with that. But the rate, but the way we've competed with them so far, we will continue to do that method. And so far it's worked. So that's why I'm holding fire in terms of they need to change their philosophy until the 6th of October. Yeah. And before I come to Callum, uh, just to say we've got 330 odd looking watching, which is brilliant. Um, we're only on 105 likes. So if you can all smash that like button when you get a chance, that'd be great. And, and just as well to add, um, the, the Coppish boys are getting a lot of, uh, lot of praise in the chat there as well and for anyone that tuned in late we're delighted to have Drifty and Callum Amorous tonight so it's great to have them in for this special mashup um Callum are you worried or do you as Grace pointed out there you know we don't need to be doing the madness that some of the other clubs need and are doing uh, what, what's your take on that are you worried about what the others are doing or do you think let's just worry about ourselves do smart signings and see where that takes us um I'm more in the camp of let's worry about ourselves but I still <clears throat> do want to have a look at what others are doing so when it comes to ourselves i mean we're top of the tree at the moment everyone's chasing us so that to me suggests that we have the least amount of work to do in my opinion 
So again, for me, going into this window is about getting the right players. I price didn't really bother me. It's just as long as it was the right players that Klopp wanted, that would improve our squad, that would challenge the first eleven. That's all I wanted. Great point. And yeah. now again, I get I get the the stuff with um, the other team. So I just want to say with the Chelsea figure again. I don't. I'm just kind of throwing this one back. I think um, I think it was Gav you you're mentioning about. Um, the Hazard and Morata money was spent on Ziyech and Werner. I remember they also signed um, Kovacic and Pulisic. Mm. So yeah, that money, they, they, I think they've already spent that money and some. So Chelsea, I just think Roman Abramovich is just, again, pumping money into them because he's he wants to be hasn't. successful again. Yeah. He has, yeah. He's sleeping for a little bit. He's up again. Um, but I look at Chelsea and again, they're doing what we did back in 2013-14. You stop piling brilliant forwards you're going to have brilliant games like Chelsea probably going to be one of the most exciting teams to watch next season but it's going to end in heartbreak for them because we've been there we've done that we've seen it you can't build a house on shaky foundations you can build a beautiful house but the moment the wind hits the moment you get torrential rain and stuff you're going to see it crumble and that is going to happen with Chelsea they need to they need a left back they they arguably need two centre-backs and depending on what they do in midfield, they probably need an, another proper central midfielder as well, not an attacking midfielder. So Chelsea don't worry me. They're just a team that potentially are going to give us a, a good game next season. It's going to be a high-scoring game potentially. Man United, the same. Sancho, I, I don't get why they're going after Sancho. Well, I do. It's a, it's a big name and it's what Man United do. They go after big name signings. But once again, you've got David De Gea, who seems to have more holes in his glove than a sieve at the moment. Can't keep anything up. Maguire, I, uh, he he gets dribbled past more than a baby who's teething. You've got. Shall I tell you what Maguire reminds me of when we bought Ruddock? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember yeah. we bought Ruddock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He's the next. Yeah, just look. just lump it in the air and you'll head it out. No, football's moved on from there. He'd be brilliant <laughs> back in the early nineties, but he's, he's not good <laughs> enough nowadays. They, so they need a centre back. They need another centre back because Eric Bailly can't stay fit either. They need a left back as well because Luke Shaw just doesn't seem to cut it. So again, that's three out of their five defenders yeah. they need and they need a defensive midfielder as well. But yet they're going after a right winger when they've, they're have they pretty much sorted up front. So they don't bother me either. Arsenal are just Arsenal, aren't they? They're just going to do what they do. They're great. Crack. They, they'll they have little yeah. funny celebrations. They'll they'll beat Chelsea 2-2 and they'll celebrate for <laughs> two weeks on Twitter and then it all comes crashing down in February and then we're back to square one again. So Arsenal aren't going to do anything. Um, Tottenham, they've got Jose Mourinho. I'll give it till December until we see absolute chaos there. And they've got a, and they've got a TV show. This is perfect for us. Yeah. Like we're, we're going to be entertained, put it that way. Um, so that's four out of five teams. Um, you've got Man City. Man City, again, are the only team that, that kind of make me think, okay, they, they can catch us. But once again, they're going to be selling um, Garcia because he's fed up there because Pep doesn't invest in the youth anymore. He just wants quick fixes. They've gone and got Ake, who is not going to be a starter, but costs 41 million because you're not going to play two left-footed centre-backs. No one does it. it. For whatever reason, it's that unwritten rule in football. So that's not going to happen. So they also need probably a left-back because Mendy can't stay fit and Zinchenko's hot and cold. Um, Fernandinho, how much has he got left in his legs considering Pep plays him at centre-back and centre-midfield as well? So, I mean, all these teams are addressing areas that don't need to be addressed. Whereas for us, we know we needed a left-back. We've got to sort it out. 
we need a centre-back, we need a wide forward and then potentially another midfielder. If by the 6th of October we've sorted those positions, I really don't care what the others, the others have done because I think we'll go again and win the league personally. Do you know something, Keith? Um, just sorry for cutting in, Keith. Do you know? Do you know what? Know. It's it's like it's like an evolution in Liverpool's transfer strategy and and the actual reality, right? Because if you go back, like like, and it's still in my head what Drifty said, like if Arsenal spend more than us, and we've sell, and and it's still there, Drifty, and I'm not having a go with you. Where you said we needed that, we had to sell somebody to buy somebody, right? And if, if you look back, going back two, three years. It was like, oh, we sold Suarez. We sold our best player to fund this. And now we've sold Coutinho to fund this. And we're getting away from that. We're actually getting away from it. There's a bit of an evolution there where we're securing our top players, you know. And a bit, the big talk at the moment is around, you know, oh, well, they're on bonuses. And, and because we're paying these mad bonuses, we can't compete and stuff like that. But we're securing these players. And like Callum's, Callum's giving you a very detailed list there of the other six, probably five or six clubs around us are in, are wanting to be in around us. And the holes are fucking massive, right? Where we're sitting here and we're arguing, oh, well, we, Get that left back. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, we can get him. We are sitting in a position where I think it's one of the strongest positions a champion has ever been in. I, I genuinely believe that because if you go back and you look at, at some of the title winners, you could say they won the league, but they need, yeah, they're not great here and they were lucky there. Liverpool bossed this league from start to finish. And, you know, looking at, I hope all these teams go and do what Callum's just said. That's, I'll put it to you that way. And if we can sit and there is uncertainty over COVID and you have to take it into account regardless of who your owners are, you know, unless you're Mike Ashley, who's a fucking lunatic. But, you know, when, when you sit down and look at it and say, is there an argument here to, to turn around and go, okay, Klopp gave them another bash at the league after winning the European Cup. Is he going to go again? But he's going to add one or two more. And he knows by adding one or two that he's better than the rest because the, the rest are scargunning it all over the place. Yeah, it's true. It, it There's no consistency. I'm not looking at any of them and thinking they're filling the media holes. Now, just going on to Man City there, Nathan Ake could potentially be a left back for them, but it goes away from the way Pep usually wants to play. He doesn't want generally to be putting centre-backs in a full-back. It, it, the same way we don't like to put centre-backs in a full-back because the way he plays, it doesn't really suit it. But they're also looking at Koulibaly, who's another left-sided centre-back. Like It's mad. There doesn't seem to be any any sense being made in their approaches. Another one is Arsenal. Callum, you touched on their, their uh, business. It came out today that Arteta doesn't want to sell Maitland Niles, but the board want to get rid of him. You know, the the problems there are just ridiculous. You know, you've two, it, it reminds me so much of Liverpool and the Brendan Rodgers era where he wants one thing. The, all these the clubs at the moment, all, another, these, yeah. all these clubs that we've mentioned at the moment, have more money than sense, where we have more sense than money. It's fair right, to say we have a moment. You know, you it's, no, it's true. Who? Did you just Google that? Yes. Oh, you know, you know, people be trademarking that and all. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he hires out Boovy on a Sunday night to do his receptionist work. I'd say. That's got legs. <laughs> but 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 it's true though it's true that we are and it's frustrating as 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 hell sometimes and it was um you know for example the Werner situation right and you know now the the Tiago saga sometimes fans fans uh, desires outweigh sort of you know the, the senses sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and and it's what we want as opposed to what we think is right 
and what we think is right is often you know different from what the club sees and 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 we can only base it and I'll, and I'll repeat it, we can only base it on what we've got to work with and what we've got to work with is the success rate of our recruitment team i disagree with gav i do think it's a buy to sell policy uh, sell to buy policy but i'm not criticizing it per se because it's worked so far and as long as it keeps working and as and there's no there's nothing to say that it won't work we have no we shouldn't be criticizing it the moment it stops us from being successful on the pitch then we can talk about it and discuss it i also think why selling by, by saying that it's it's i think our owners are smart and they will transition they always do they always work out what the strategy is for the next phase and we're talking about ruthlessness getting rid of lovering is pretty ruthless because a lot of players a lot of people were saying look he's probably going to get that extension because as gab says we were entitled to give him extension out son lalana out son Shakiri, we put him on the sell, sell, sell list. We, as soon as we get an offer, he's gone. Wilson, the same. Bruce, same. And one of the biggest people talk, we've discussed it in our previous pods. But look at the state of Peter Moore's. He's done a very good job. He's you know, he's done. A, he's, he's seen the overhaul of Liverpool transitioning into the best club in the world on and off the pitch. But I'm sorry, we want this Hogan guy, Billy Hogan, to take over because they're thinking ahead. He's the one who secured this night deal, which is insane. People fail to realize how. In how massive this night deal is for us. So on and off the pitch, we're always changing our philosophy. I don't think we've got one philosophy, like sort of working model that it's stuck in its way. I think it's evolving, and I expect it. If it doesn't evolve, then the criticism, by all means. If it, if we stand still and it doesn't evolve into sort of this new phase, then by all means we can look into it. But I think at the moment we should be calm. I'm calm anyway. Very. Excellent, excellent. Uh, there's a lot of new names sorry, in the sorry, chat guys, there. Yeah, in. no, go ahead, Drifty, go ahead. Chris, do you know what it is, though, bruv, that set me off, yeah? Um, mm. It's the fact that we missed out on Werner, and in my opinion, regardless of how we're structured, Klopp wanted Werner. Klopp has done everything to mean, if he says something, you do it. And that's what gripes me about the way we've but, moved so but, far. I agree with you, and Gab's going to bind and say no. He, he doesn't, oh, he doesn't, I am. Yeah, doesn't want to, yeah, I know you are. But, but the difference, <laughs> but the difference, I know you in it. But the difference is mm. what I'm saying, Drifty. I agree with you. Yeah, but Klopp also because you got to remember, it's not all about Klopp. It's not all about FSG. It's not all about Edwards. They're the A team for a reason, and the reason is that they work together and they sit down, literally or not literally. And what I'm saying is Edwards, Gordon, Klopp. All the team sit down and say, look, this is what we can do. This is what we can't do right now. So Klopp is part of that. I'm adamant. I'm fully sure if Klopp said, no, I don't business. I want Werner. COVID or no COVID, raise some funds for me, man. Do something. They would have done it. But Klopp saw the overall picture. He wanted Werner. There's no doubt. If Gav Trust told you he didn't want Werner, ignore him, mute him. Yeah, because Klopp did want Werner. Klopp did want Werner. I'll do more than fucking YouTube, brother. But Klopp also, in my opinion, oversaw the overall situation and thought, okay, we can go again, we can work together. And that's the beauty of our A-team, that they're all on the same wavelength, on the same page. 
Yeah, before Gav jumps in, there is a nice segue because I do want to move on about the effects of COVID. So, mm. do you think it's different? Do you think Liverpool's decision on Werner is purely down to the COVID situation, Gav, or is I it think, that they didn't want to spend? On no, I, I think I think it was numerous things. I'm being honest with you. Look, I'd, listen, it was fairly obvious Liverpool were very, very interesting team of Werner, right? And um, the talk was fifty million quid. There was talk of, you know, um, his contract running down and and the release fee reducing as time went on and stuff like that which is absolutely fine um i i think liverpool did try to be a little bit clever and let it run past the it was may or it was april or may wasn't it when when they wanted it to run past and then basically it was it was you know they could get them for whatever it was 100%. I, yeah i think then they were unfortunate with the covid situation but i also think I'm being honest with you, and people say if Klopp wants him, he gets him and stuff like that. And yeah, that might be the might be the way. I'm not. I don't fully agree with that. I think Klopp works as part of a team, and I, we've seen cases where Klopp has wanted a player, and he's been advised to another player. Mo Salah probably being the biggest, um, the most high, high profile in that. And he went, okay, fine, yeah. I, if you think that's a better option, he's willing to listen to people. So, but I don't think Klopp walks around with a, with a big stick, you know, hitting people across the back of the head and shouting players' names at them. I just don't think that's how it works. But what I would say is <laughs> what I would say is is that they I I think they did try to be clever. I think they got caught up in COVID and then I think Werner got very greedy. And I think Liverpool looked at the money being involved in not just the transfer fee. I think I think the money being touted and being touted towards Werner by Chelsea and I don't know if others were involved. Barcelona were obviously mentioned at some stage, but I didn't believe that. But I think Liverpool looked and went, nah that is not for us. We we have a we're not bringing a player in on that amount of money um to A is he water and B to disrupt or what's already there. You know, it, it it just I think it just got out of hand and I think he, and all this stuff of Werner only wants us is complete not horseshit. Let's be honest about it. If Werner wanted us, he would have told Chelsea, thanks for the massive offer, but I'm gonna take less and go to Liverpool because they will sign me for this amount of money and this amount of wages. But because you've come in with this, it's not happening. That's just the way I feel it went on, on Timo Werner. The effects of COVID you don't know them yet, Keith. You don't know yeah. them. Like we're, we're going week on week here, you know, there's talk Liverpool are losing a million pound a game. Um, somewhere in the region of a million pound a game every time they don't play at Anfield you know just talking and giving back 25 million quid in, in TV money um, to the likes of Sky Sports and, and BT and whoever else mainly due to you know nobody in the ground and then I think the League Cup is being cut short or, or two-legged semi-finals aren't happening next season because of it or this season or whatever it was no next season Um, so they're already we were due to have four or five that's 30 million quid you know what I mean? Straight off the bat. We don't know how many games we're going to play behind closed doors next season. We don't know how, how the TV companies are going to react to this and say, listen, you, each club was getting 100, only getting 80. Then you're up to 50 million, you know, and you don't know where it's going. L- Liverpool have money. There's no doubt about that. But Liverpool are in a position where they look and go, we, the, the strategy of Liverpool shows the strength of Liverpool for me. And what I mean by that is the, the position we're in, we are not desperate to go and do massive deals because we can turn around and say, we can do this and we can do this and we can plot ourselves through the next 12 months, get back to normality with regards to football, people being at football, the money in football going back to normality and then say, now we can, we, 
we probably have to start a rebuild plus we have to spend money because you know we're through the back of this whereas other sides are looking going this is our chance to catch Liverpool Liverpool are going to strategize themselves over the next 12 months where they're not going to stand still but they're not going to they're not going to blow us out of the market and that's why you'll see United and you'll see City and you'll see Chelsea and you'll see Arsenal attempt that Spurs won't they don't have a pot to piss in they're taking loans out everywhere so you know it's for me it's just a situation one club to the next club is in. That's just how I feel on it, you know. And I'll, I'll have a go at Liverpool or players or managers or or, or the the structure or the policy when I feel the need to. But right now, I think it's 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 difficult to have a go when you don't have all the information in front of you, and we genuinely don't. And it could be another six months before we do. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Callum, um, I'll come to you next. <laughs> The COVID situation, my take, I don't know if you'll agree and I'll let you hear, hear your opinion on this. Liverpool maybe were trying to be coy, thinking it would be, um, the market might be quiet, but some of the moves that are happening now are anything but the prices are skyrocketing. Do you think it, Liverpool don't want to spend or do you think they're just waiting to see how the markets are to settle before they, they start doing their business and they're starting to act now that they've seen how the market is going, 41 million for Ake, 27 million for Ferran Torres. You know, like teams are spending and Liverpool are going to look and say, right, it maybe mightn't be the cheap one that we thought. Do you think that might play into their mind? Yeah, so I think the COVID thing has been blown way out of proportion. Um, I think the club was potentially looking at using that as a strategy, maybe to try and keep prices low for players mm. that are trying to bring in. Also, probably just not wanting to tell the media just what they wanted to spend. Or, I mean, they, there's always been a running narrative that the Echo comes out every season around March time and says Liverpool have a 250 pound, sorry, 250 million pound war chest, yeah. and then it never turns out to be true. So this this season, it seems like they've gone away with all of that stuff, especially during COVID, and they've just sort of kept their cards close to their chest. Now, obviously, I'll elaborate on FSG a bit more later on in the show when we get to that segment, but. I do I do think they were potentially going to use this as as an excuse not to spend as much as maybe we may have needed for the squad. The the Werner one I sit 50-50 on. When it first broke that he was going to Chelsea I was livid and I thought yep we've dropped the ball here. However, when it started to come out more the details I mean with the release clause uh, well transfers nowadays if it's a 50 million pound transfer as normal you usually pay that over the course of someone's contract. A release clause, you pay that money up front. I don't think we've ever got that sort of money to just pay up front for Timo Werner. Um, I do actually think, on the other hand, though, he was all in on Liverpool, but I just don't think he wanted to wait another summer because he waited for Bayern last year and he probably thought to himself, I waited all summer last year, they didn't come in for me. I can't wait again because my career might go stagnant here. And he just thought, I'm going to take the first opportunity and just grab it. So... I don't think he's at fault for doing that. I also think the wages he's on at Chelsea is a byproduct of him not actually pretty much wanting to go there as a first choice. I think they had to tempt him there and wages and bonuses are the best thing to do. I don't think he'd have been on anywhere near that sort of money at Liverpool. So I I can't buy that narrative that that's why we didn't go in for him. I think Chelsea had to do that to try and lure the player. In terms of covid and what we do i think we will sit tight until quite near the end of the window just to see how other teams react i think another thing you've got to consider is just what other teams need to do in terms of selling you look at barcelona and they're they're an absolute mess financially like they've they've got to get rid of coutinho dembele 
uh, Firpo, uh, Umtiti. They, they've got to get rid of probably about 10 players. But if you act now, Barcelona get premium for those players. You leave it to a couple of days before the end of the window. Barcelona are saying, right, we just need to get them off the books. You may get them for half price. I think the same comes with Real Madrid, some of the Italian teams as well, even some of the English teams. So I, I don't think we'll act straight away in terms of some of the other signings. But I think signings like um, Simicast, whereby other teams probably have started watching him and, and seeing what he's like as a player. You think of someone like Leicester, who may be losing Chilwell, they may have started a bidding war by going in for him. I think Liverpool just say, right, we've got 11 million from what we sold uh, Lovren for. Let's just seal that and get it sorted. The sell-to-buy policy, again, I'll touch on in, in, late, in more detail what my opinion is in the next segment. But I do think COVID has maybe changed the thinking and the strategy of the club. But I don't think they can use it as an excuse when they see the other teams who are competing with us spending big money. So I think they've just got to do away with the COVID stuff now, in my opinion. Excellent. Rifty, are you, what's your opinion on this as well? Do you think they were trying to be cute with the COVID stuff and now it's probably changed their thinking on it? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with what Callum was just saying. I do believe they probably thought everybody was going to be a bit chill, underestimated the desperation, as everyone said, from the other teams to catch us. And now it's a bit like, oh, OK, we kind of need to pull our finger out again. Because if everyone has stayed the same, we'll just walk the league again. And that may be what they thought might have happened with maybe one or two little tweaks. But when they're seeing Havertz, Sancho, Vern, and they're seeing all these guys, they're like, oh, OK, maybe we have to change this a little bit. And that's the thing that frustrates me about Thiago, for example, because I'll say a left-back and a winger was definitely more of a priority than what Thiago was positionally within our team, 100%. I think every Liverpool fan knows that. But when you get a gem that comes along like that, you take it. And I will not accept COVID as a reason why we didn't pay 25 to 30 million pounds for the best midfielder in world football. And I'm not just saying that because he could become to Liverpool. He is the best central midfielder in world football. If you can get him for that price, you do it. And then you just be like, look, kids, we just gave you a little bonus. There you go. We just gave you a little bonus for being great fans and, and sticking by us and doing what you do because you are the best fan base in the world. There's a little bonus for you on top of a winger and a left back. There's a little Tiago for you. So the, the COVID stuff for me, if we don't buy anyone of any significance in this window, I I personally can't let them pull the wool over my eyes that it's because of COVID when I'm seeing every other team who are in just as bad, or in, sorry, are in just as good a, or worse financial state than we are, spending money that they feel they can. I just don't want... I just don't want to get to the end of next season, maybe just miss out on the title and think, well, is that because the owners just made excuses? You know what I mean? And we had a position that we should have filled and we didn't. And then we got an injury and then it cost us a few games here or there. That's, that, that's my problem. If, if everyone's spending, we don't need to spend as much, but I still want us to be pulling our finger out and plugging holes. Great point, great point. Um, before we move on, we've 379 now watching and 153 likes. Hit that like button, people. It's the little thumbs up. You can't go wrong. Great show so far. The chat is hopping in there. As I was saying earlier, loads of new names and faces. It's great. Throw the comments in. Name. 
And I'm oh, a cross reader. Oh, listen, yeah. you can't keep up with those far watching. Would you stop? Loads of loads of loads of love for for Drifty and Callum as well. So, um, yeah. If uh, if anybody in here, if anybody in here is doesn't watch Copish or hasn't heard of them or um, only seen the lads for the first time tonight, make sure you go on and watch their YouTube channel as well. Yeah, Cheers, excellent. Man. Really is good stuff. Cheers, man. Um, Excellent, excellent. So we'll move on and we'll quickly talk about the, the old go to you, Gav, about the bonus policy that Liverpool have that it's heavily uh, incentivized. As we all know, you know, success, it comes at a price and it's something that Liverpool over the last two seasons have had the highest or up near the highest agent fees, which tells you the amount of negotiating that's been going on internally with their players. Is that something that you think is sustainable or is it just the price that we have to pay and as fans we just have to accept which we never will accept fans don't want to accept that our new signing is a new contract for someone we already have but it's something we do have to think about you know the success is costing us yeah it is um but in simple terms it probably is sustainable because you know the more you win the more you get if you don't win they don't get as much 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more oh that's a cheer we used to do in softball uh what it's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. You know, it, it is something like that. But... I think it clouds, it can cloud things as well because, you know, people will say, oh, we've, I've seen someone earlier say the talk is that we've 175 million from winning the league. Um, if that's a true figure, that's not, it's, it's astronomical, it's astronomical, sorry. But yeah, you have to look at these players. Like these players are probably, now you, I'm talking huge bonuses for the vast majority of um, you know, winning the league, winning the European Cup. You know, I don't know if, if the uh, win bonus is still there. If the if the goal oh, scoring bonus, clean much. sheet bonuses, I, I I presume they still are. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say They're that. Huge. Is, I wouldn't say that that. Um, I wouldn't say that that's the massive part of it. I think it's the winning of trophies and you know, whatever else comes with it. it. In simple terms, it probably is sustainable, Keith. But listen, it you can only have so many. On a certain wage, you know, you can only go so high one wages for so many because if you start lashing 10 lads on 200 grand a week and you know they're getting an extra 30% um, yeah. or are getting a big lump sum at the end of the season if you win the league, it's all right if you have four or five of them on it, you can, you can take that. But when it gets to 10 or, or it goes up, then you start to worry, does, does the actual bonus that you're trying to give out outweigh what you're taking in when all things is being considered and that's another point where you have to look and go we can't the transfer fee 40 50 60 million okay most of them are structured over the five-year term because most players of big uh, who are big players sign for five years you know you sign them for 50 you give 30 up front you pay the rest over the five years and, and stuff like that so but I, th- I think it is sustainable keith but only to a point and that's where you will get people getting itchy feet going well if it's only sustainable to a point what when do we get to that point and when we get to that point what do we do i.e 
do the owners turn around and go, listen, we can't sustain an on-air model anymore because we need to keep adding top, top earners to the air, air squad. And soon enough, the amount of money we're bringing in just can't keep up with the amount we're trying to give out despite the success. Yeah, the Grays will come to you. Um, it, it's a good point that when you see players constantly being linked, you know, and to, look, we can use Werner. He's he's getting, what, 250 a week is at Chelsea or more than that. Um, if he comes into Liverpool, it immediately puts him as the highest earner. Now, I know Liverpool would have been negotiating with him. He wouldn't have been getting that to come to us. Chelsea come in and throw that money to, to entice him. But it is something that we have to remember. I think Salah could be the top earner ahead of Van Dijk on around 200k and... You know, it it's hard to get them in now under that, you know. So are the Minamino and Simicas, if he comes in, are they the signings we will be seeing more so than the big shiny blockbusters? Even Thiago, I don't think, is on huge wages at Bayern Munich. I think they, they wouldn't be smashing the, the uh, structure to get him. What way do you think it'll go? We're sensible. Again, we're smart, we're clever, we're savvy. We, we, we underestimate how savvy we are. These deals that we talk about now and that's come out in the media, the likes of Mane, Virgil, Keita, Salah, all these highly sort of, um, you know, it's all about success will increase your wage. We had to get them in. Hungry players, you know, gave it all. They knew there's rewards there. Again, FSG can't sustain this working model going forward. But that's why we're increasing the 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 marketing of the pitch so we, we can finance that if we have to, see? So, for example, this night deal will help with, with stuff like that. Our sponsorship deals, you know? So we're always working. To, we all, our, our working model, I know people always say they've got one working model and it's just money ball. It's not. It's very flexible. If we need to spend, we will spend. It's, it's all a matter of, it's just it's just being smart, Keith. It's it's those deals at that time. So we go back three or four years. Those de- those deals are the ones that were were needed at that time to secure those players to motivate them into into the success they bring into the club right now. Yeah. Now we we work towards a different model. Future. I don't think it's. I don't think Minamino and uh, you mentioned the other player. Simicas. You, you know, not necessarily. Their 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 wages or their structure of their wages or um, will be a, according to how what, what kind of player they are. We're smart. We will always be smart. That's what I mean about we can only sit back, try to relax and enjoy the next phase. And I agree with a lot of people that are a little bit skeptical uh, skeptical about FSG in terms of will we. Um, Will we change the working model and adjust accordingly going forward? Because now we need a different level of player. Possibly, possibly. Now we need a player that can sustain, not only off the pitch, we're talking about wages, whatever. Now we need players that will sustain the success that these have created. Yeah, so it's a different, different working model that we have to create. And I believe they will do so. Um, You know, they will adjust accordingly to the market. Uh, we won't go mad. We won't go. We will never turn into a, a, a like a Chelsea or a Man City and offer stupid, ridiculous wages, because a because of our working model and also the manager, this club that took us this far, has come out and he doesn't believe in these high wages. So FSG, when people say, "Oh, they got lucky with FSG uh, with Klopp," I get that, but they done their homework with Klopp. 
they done mad man homework in terms of how this guy thinks on and off the pitch and he's of the same mentality as them good for them lucky for them lucky for us that he's so good at his job as well but he agrees with a lot of their policies and that's what fans sometimes don't understand because he agrees with their working model and that's why he signed on in the first place Exactly, uh, Drifty. Um, we've said about players who've left, right? So Lovren has left, uh, Lalana has left, Klein has left, right? So those three alone, I think, was nearly three hundred thousand, roughly off a week off the wage bill. As I was saying there, you know, you get the likes of Simakas, let's say, will replace Klein as a fullback, right? He's a left full, but Klein's a right full. But you could say, right, they've replaced the, the only fullback need in the squad and they're probably saving, I don't know, let's say 50,000. So I guess, I don't know what Simakas will be on when he signs. But are they looking to trim the high earners? Well, Klein wouldn't have been getting any bonus because he wasn't playing. But Lalana and Lovren would have had bigger bonus, bonus appearance um, stuff in there. Are they looking, do you think they're going to look to change that? Maybe not with the force, the star players, but with the supplement players in the background will they look to lower the wages of those for example a security um, could you see security leaving and being replaced by someone of a lower lower salary do you think that the bonuses the way they are now is something that they need to address um yeah yes and no yes and no because I guess you only have to pay the bonus if the team reaches the the, the target and I think reaching the target should always be seen as a positive, regardless of what the bonuses are. Not, oh, now we've got to pay these bonuses. Do you know what I mean? So I I, I don't think if Shakiri's on bonuses and if Lalana was and stuff, it should be that big of a deal if they had to receive those bonuses. But I do agree that the club can't just keep giving people wages for the sake of wages. And, and, and we do have to make sure that the bonuses are realistic. We can't have a situation where we win the league. Um, I think Gav was saying earlier on about, um, you know, how it's like, I think it is 170 million you get, but if all the bonuses are going to all the players, how much of the club, how much of the club keep of that money that they get? So, yeah, I agree. You can't just have all these bonuses going out that you get that prize money. But then when you actually check what we've done within our bonuses, you're like, oh, well, the club didn't even really make any profit because we just paid all the players with the money we got. You definitely have to make sure that you're you're smart with that. When it comes to the wages, though, the only thing that is annoying me at the moment is Wijnaldum. Um, I really don't see many players in our team more deserving of a new contract with extra wages than Wijnaldum. And the fact that we only offered him the same he's on, which is around 70, uh, yeah, for us, 70 grand a year would be amazing, never mind a week, but... For somebody who's done what he's done in the team over the last four years, I find that quite disgraceful. And I feel like, is it like, are they underappreciating the players who aren't seen as the superstars? Like Salah is a superstar, marketably, and so he will get the bonus that they feel he deserves. Whereas you get someone like Wijnaldum who goes about his work quietly, but amazingly to the fans who know how good he is. And they're like, well, we can't really commercially push you that much. And so... Yeah, you don't deserve more. I don't think that's fair. I think it should be based on what you do on the pitch. And there's not many players in our team more deserving of a bonus than Wijnaldum. So I understand that you need to make sure that you're definitely smart with it and don't just throw it around willy-nilly. But if somebody deserves it, give them it. Do you know what I mean? So I'm 50-50 on the bonus thing. 
it's a tough one column isn't it it's it's trying to to find yeah. that perfect balance you know drifty's right there you know van alden for what he's done he deserves to be appreciated maybe more than he is but then they're probably looking at the the age and you know a big contract do they want to give him too much of a base salary and too many bonuses i mean 70 is quite low and don't want that to sound flippant for a player of his quality and his stature it's it's quite low you know so you can understand maybe him wanting to go somewhere else and double that you know or if he's lucky trebling it nearly you know yeah so with the bonus stuff i i don't have a problem with it at all i think as a club i think we can sustain it because as you've all said if we're having our bonuses it's because the club's been successful yeah. I think the issue comes potentially attracting players because if, again, I'm going to use the most outlandish example here, but I'm going to say Mbappe, for example. Yeah. If we went in for Mbappe, if Mbappe became available, we would be the only club going for him. So let's say, for example, it was us, Man City and Chelsea. Now, we'd probably all start off with 200k. We'd probably do the maximum of 200k and then say, look, you can get these bonuses if we win this, this and this. Again, 200k a week, no one really should be complaining about. But if someone turns around and says to him, well, we can give you 300k a week, he's potentially going to take that. So I think it all becomes a question of sustainability depending on how the rest of the market goes and how players react to it. I don't think as as a club, I don't think it will ever be an issue for us to pay out bonuses. And I, I quite like the bonus scheme personally because it gives players a bit more incentive and motivation to go and work for something as well. That being said, when it comes to something like the Genie Wijnaldum situation, I, I don't even know why it's got this late into negotiations. For me, that he's one of the players who's one of, been one of the first names on Klopp's team sheet since he's joined the club. I think that should have just been wrapped up behind closed doors and sealed. My worry is, with Wijnaldum, is is he going to be used in order to potentially get Thiago, which would annoy me. And again, this is nothing to do with this sell-to-buy policy. And again, I'll, I'll go into my thoughts about sell-to-buy shortly. But for me, this is the whole, let's not sell one of our prized assets to bring in another asset. Let's couple the two assets together and make something amazing. So with regards to why now I just it worries me that nothing's been sorted yet. However, I do remain quite optimistic with that one because he's not shown any signs of being discon like of discontent there and he seems quite happy in and around the club still. Obviously he seems to get on really well with some of the players there. So I think we'll keep Wijnaldum. Um but I just I'm I'm quite happy with the wage structure. I don't want us to become a club like Man United where we're known for throwing four hundred thousand at players like Sanchez and De Gea and then it comes back to kick us in the arse because yeah. you do that it sets a bad precedent because if Sancho for example is going to go Man United now the minimum they can offer him respectively is 250k anything below that he looks at them and says you're having a laugh you're going to put me on half of what Sanchez was on <laughs> when all he really did was play piano at Manchester United that, that's the highlight of his time at Man United is playing the piano so it's like I don't, I don't want to become that sort of club but I also don't want to get left behind by the rest of the pack either so it's finding that happy medium yeah it is true it's it's something that um you you just hope can be 
you know, when you see the likes of, you see the likes, let's say, of Mbappe and all getting linked. And you're right, if you can, if he comes in and he's demanding 500k a week, you, right, the players probably aren't of that mentality that they'll go banging down the door, but they'll have a gentle little tap on the door and say, what's going yeah. on? You know, it's not something that can, that can be sustainable. Um, and even at a lower level, you know, Sanchez, uh, Sancho, sorry, Sancho at United is a great example because he is going to go in there and he's only, what's he, 20 years old? Yeah, 20, 20 years old, 11 England caps, um, two seasons in Germany, and, and then he's an excellent player. I'm not trying to deal the chap down at all. He's an excellent player, but he's going in there on 250 grand a week. I don't think Martial's earning that. I don't think Rashford's earning that. I don't think, you know, there's a lot in that squad. Well, they've overpaid a lot of them. But some of them that aren't on that, and it's going to just cause problems, and the ripple effects will be will be great on that. So yeah. we don't want to go down that route. It's a slippery slope, and it's not something that we really want to, to get into. Well, again, I'll, I want to say again, a lot of comments there saying they're enjoying the the link up with the Coppish lads tonight, which is it's going down great, brilliant. Nearly four hundred watching us at the moment, so you know what I'm going to say next. Hit that like button, um, and we'll keep more of this going. Um, Next thing, I'll come back to you, Gav. Mm. Uh, the window coming up. Uh, I know we've touched on it there, but what, what do you think will be the main activity in this window from a Liverpool point of view? Is it going to be squad trimming or is it going to be just getting rid of the dead wood and making a couple of key signings to supplement what's there? Um, I, I think, like, and I know it's a, it's an easy thing to say, but I think the, the the situation we're in with regards to this pandemic, I think, has has changed the way Liverpool have looked at this transfer window. You know, and uh, when I say that, I think I think of the likes of Grewich and and Harry Wilson and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think they probably would have looked maybe Grewich in a Premier League loan and seeing what happened then and and they made a decision next year I think Harry Wilson would have been very similar because Harry Wilson I think probably still has three years four years left on the Liverpool deal um, he only signed one before he went to Bournemouth if I remember yeah. right um, yeah. but uh, when it comes down to it they've trimmed a bit off it obviously like you've mentioned before Klein you know Lovren uh, Lalana, and a, and a few more have gone um, lesser known ones have gone you know but this window I think, do you know what? I think they might take the plunge a little bit. I think they might turn around and go, right, Harry Wilson, uh, Jordan Shakiri, Marco Gruwich, you know, there's talk coming out that there's no loan deals. If you want them, yeah. you pay for them. And I think that might be the way they'll go. They'll go, listen, just say for argument's sake, there's six or seven players there that we can get rid of. We can bring in two good players, um, really, really good players to complement our fourth team squad. And I think that's, that maybe the way they go. I agree with Callum I, and, and Drifty too, uh, as well with regards to Gini Wijnaldum. I think it's going on too long. Um, and what I mean by that is I, I'm not saying just make them sign the contract or, or sign it, get it done. You know, there's obviously there's something going on there on both sides, I, I would I would presume, but it is going on too long. You're leaving it now where we've spoken earlier about, and Callum said it, going towards the end of the window and approaching clubs and you get players at a better rate. You know, when Adam's losing value day on day, um, it could be a case the club have decided, look, he's done three, four seasons at Liverpool now, a uh, full tilt, has, and he wants three more years and we don't think he can do it. But I'd like to see him sign. I'm being honest. I think he's been brilliant for Liverpool. I think he's different to a lot of things we have in midfield. So mm. I think I think he will trim a few out, looking to fund two, possibly three more in. And I'd like to see when Aldam signed. And I I don't think um, Thiago would depend on when Aldam anyway. I'm just throwing it out there. So guys will get annoyed. 
Grizz, <laughs> Thiago, talk to me. You know, radio silence on Thiago. You know that. Into, nah, I'm only joking. You know, I'm only joking, yeah, Grizz. I'm only joking. But, um, but generally, but yeah, squad, what do you think will happen? Like, generally, is it going generally, to I'm, I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty much uh, in agreement with Gav there in terms of. Um, I'm excited. I think we're. I think we're going to try our best to sort of trim the squad in terms of numbers, but increase the quality. Uh, mm. I think the the incoming, the level of player incoming will be of higher standard than maybe in the past. Now I know, now I know people will want names straight away and whatever. But I'm, you know, as I said, that's not the important bit. The important bit is we have to trust the process, trust them. And all these players that we've mentioned, Shakiri, Origi splits the camp. But for me, you know. I know we rejected a 17 million bid from Villa, for example, last week. Ridiculous. We know what he's worth. But because of COVID, we have to adapt. Everyone has to adapt. And that only and that means we have to adapt to sort of our expectations of the, our players' values as well. We know, um, I know Wilson had a, um, was not Middlesbrough, Bournemouth had an obligation to buy. 23 million if they stayed up, that's gone out of the window. So we have to take all these things into consideration. I'm fairly certain we will have to be patient. I'm fairly certain we will try to rid our squad of players that have not been no use to us. Um, agree with Gav, and it's been come out now in the media, and I said it weeks ago, that we're not looking to loan any of our players now. We're looking to sell them. We want hard cash fees for them. And that's a sign of progression for us in terms of our mentality as a squad, as a as a, as a playing eleven. We know we want players to come in. I can't remember. One of the brothers said, we need players to come in now. Not happy to be there, but really challenging for a, uh, for a spot. Uh, this, And that's where about this Simicast and one of the reasons why we may have opted for him over Jamal Lewis, you know, uh, we've spoken to Harry before the show on, on a different show and Harry told us about how at Olympiacos he's expected to win every single game because they can't be they can't be allowed to drop a point. So he's coming with that mentality. You know, Jamal may be of a different mindset, happy to be there, you know, sort of, he, you know, in his mindset, knows Robbo's king. I'm happy to be here. I'm young. My time will come. Simicast will come. Because he's not about to be sort of just sitting there. He's a Greek international. So we're looking to get that type of player in, um, you know, in terms of um, sort of your outgoings. We have to, we have to, we have to be patient. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. That's our working model. It's frustrating. Probably Drifty and Callum will touch on that sort of the policy, but that is the policy. That is the policy that's got us this far. It's not necessarily the policy that will continue, in my opinion. But for now, for this window, it's 100% the policy. We will have to re rely on outgoings before we consider what kind of incomings we can have. But I agree, five, at least four or five outgoings with at least two high-quality incomings. Drift, he'll come to you next. Um, how do you think it's going to go? Not what you want. Like, How do you think it's going to play out with the transfers, mostly outside, imagine? What do you think? Um, you know, what's crazy is if, if we want to be as business, business savvy as we have been, in my opinion, it will be smarter to hold on to these players and wait for everything to calm down, get to the next summer when people have more money because everything's a bit more back to normal and then get the actual value of the players that we know we should be getting. So 
say for example we was to let Harry Wilson go this summer and we only got maybe 15 to 20 mil for him which would make sense in the current climate I think Harry Wilson is a 30 million pound player I would I would think it would be smarter business to keep him for another year and loan him let him get even more experience look even better and then get what he's valued at so if we are saying no loans only selling I find that a little bit strange a little bit Brewster, for example, if they was like, no, we're selling him. You see, we, you, you know, you buy him or you don't get him. He's on a long-term contract. Let him be loaned out again. Let him do another season at Swansea. It's 10 million added on top. If Klopp doesn't want him, that's more money you can get from when things are a bit back to normal. So I'm a little bit torn between whether I think it's sensible to sell our young players this summer or not. I think one or two probably will go. I've got a feeling Gruwich will probably be the one that will definitely go. Uh, arguably might be the most talented though out of our players, which will be a bit of a weird one that he's probably the one more likely to go with the more talent. I really hope Origi doesn't go anywhere. Everyone who, who watches Coppish knows I love that guy. I don't feel like he's given enough chance at Liverpool and I definitely feel like he can deputise for uh, Firmino. Don't like him out wide. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why he's played there. I'll be annoyed if he goes. Shakiri, I'll understand, but I will be upset to see him go. I think he is a very, very good player who through injuries or just unforeseen circumstance hasn't been able to show Liverpool fans just how good he is, but he is a very, very good player. Maybe he's kind of a victim of not fitting our system because we don't really play with that number 10 type player yeah. and he's not really a good wide player in our system. You know what I mean? I think it's shown he can't really play out wide in our system. So it's a shame, but I understand why he'll go. It better not be for like 10, 15 million though, because again, I think he's a 25 to 30 million pound player and I would rather see him go for the real value with the player rather than I oh, would just getting him off the books for the sake of, of getting him off the books. Realistically though, I do hope we at least get a winger. If somebody said to me, we can only get one other player, as much as I want it to be Thiago, just, just because I just love the guy, <laughs> it does need to be a winger. It does. It needs to be a wing forward. God forbid anything happens to Mane or Salah, we have to have cover, real cover. Not Origi's playing there or Shakiri's playing there and everything changes and it's not quite the same. We need real, adequate, proper cover for one of those two. And not even just for injuries. Let's avoid injuries and let's rotate. Let's have a player that can come in and we can still play the same way. And we don't have to think, oh, God, why are we playing him? And what's going on? And you know what I mean? Um, and then on top of that, I just want to see some youngsters come through. I definitely want to see Jones come through. I think future Liverpool captain, special talent. Can't wait to see him get some real game time. Um, and Nico as well. I hope Nico comes through. I think he's a very adequate deputant for Trent. I think he's he's, he's going to be pushing in a few years. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say don't sell the players for the sake of it. Make sure we're actually getting the value of the player. And please get a backup for Mane and Salah. It, it's a must. It has to happen. Yeah. Agree, Callum. Would you agree with that? It's it hold off, or do you think Liverpool are at the point where they'll get market value for them? Michael Edwards will get the the money that he feels is adequate. Um, I'm I'm split. I think Michael Edwards can pretty much do whatever he wants. He he could probably 
sell anything to anyone if he really wanted to. The, the guy is just so shrewd. Um, I think with I get where Drifty's coming from, um, but I think one thing we may have to look at. So, say for example, Shakiri's a thirty million pound player. We may go in for a player who might usually be thirty million pounds, but may now be twenty because of COVID as well. So, mm-hmm. even if we sell Shakiri for twenty and buy that player for twenty, it still balances the book. So, That's even it. though getting thirty may look prettier. As long as mm. we get the amount that covers someone else, then it, it kind of weighs up the same. So I think even though our players might be slightly lower valued, I think players that we go for might be slightly lower mm. valued as well, which could help us. But again, I, I get yeah. where you're coming from with that. In terms of loaning, so I, I'll be honest, because I'm so cool, I've sat down and I've actually written out a list of all the players that <laughs> I think we could <laughs> get rid of. And I actually think we can we can like really trim the squad down quite a bit and actually recoup quite a bit of money so i sort you look at someone like shakiri wilson lovren's gone lalana's gone klein's gone you've got players like ojo woodburn phillips awanini gruwich herbie kane carius ajaria larucci all these players will be going kent and minule and ings went last summer so i think we can we can almost kill two birds with one stone we can trim the squad but also bringing decent amount of funds and then still recoup that into just reshaping the squad by getting some great players in who are going to challenge the first team or potentially even start depending on who we get so I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom but again this isn't football manager or FIFA I can write these lists all day it just depends on whether the club get people coming in to buy these players I mean I know Ajaria for example he's definitely going to be leaving because um, Reading have to pay the three million pounds based on the loan deal and signing him on a permanent deal similar to what Danny Ings and Southampton did. But um, I think I think we... So regarding Thiago, I'm 50-50 on it. If you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, I'd have been like, no, we're not getting him. It's just typical media stuff. But it seems to have legs. But I don't expect anything to happen with Thiago until after the Champions League's finished. Like, he's too professional to do any of that transfer stuff now. So I, I don't see anything happening regarding Thiago going to us or anywhere else or even signing a new contract until the Champions League is over. So I think that one you just put to bed for now. I think you look at the wide forward position, I think that is the most vital position apart from left back, which seems to be sealed. I hate to say it, but if I had to sacrifice a position, it would be centre-back. I I don't want to, but if I had to sacrifice centre-back for a wide forward, I'd do it because I'd rather... I know, I know, I know, Grizz, I know. But shall I tell you what it is? I've just seen us play without Mane and Salah sometimes mm. and we look toothless. And I, I don't like seeing us toothless. I, I hate seeing um, Origi out on the wing. It's just not him. It's not him. It's not fair on him and it's not fair on the rest of the team either because we lose so much from it. So just getting that wide forward and God forbid we get long-term injuries to Gomez or Matip. I'll probably be sitting there thinking, why did I even say these words out in the atmosphere? But I, I would, I'd rather get a wide forward. But I, I do think we'll sort out centre-back in a wide forward position. I just don't know the names. I was going to say, we'll get you back on when Matip and Gomez get the chicken pox on my down to lead and Sepp Van der Berg and Van back. I'll be honest, if, if, if I see Sepp Van der Berg, I'm, I'm shutting all my social media accounts. I'm going, yeah, right. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Come here. You can shut whatever you like. You can shut whatever you like. 
uh, we're the LFC day trippers. We'll find you. It doesn't matter. Liam Neeson's films are based on us. Yeah. That's been nice with you. Right, so we'll move on to the last bit, lads. Right, so Klopp and FSG. To get to where we are now, they've, they've worked wonders building the squad. I know not everyone will agree with that, but, but realistically they have. We've just won the Champions League last the year before the Premier League last season. You know, we're, we're, where we, we haven't been in our lifetimes as such, you know, our adult lives. And um, they, they've done great. But what, do, what more do they need to do? How can they improve on what they've done already, Gav? It's difficult, Keith. I'm being honest with you. Um, you know, I've said on numerous shows over the last couple of years how, you know, Liverpool stood still from the early 90s right through to possibly until um, FSG took over with regards to the stadium, um, with regards to revenue we make both at the ground, around the ground and and, and outside of that, um, whether that's merchandise or whether that's sponsorship. When you look now, they're second to none at what they do. They, they genuinely are. They're second to none at what they do with regards to, to revenue coming into the club. You look at the deal for Nike, you know, it's 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 absolutely nailed on 80 to 100 million a year. Absolutely nailed on. There's no there's no kind of, oh, will it be 50? It's, it's 80 to 100 million quid minimum that they're going to make over whatever it is, five years or whatever the term is um, with Nike. You know, you look at you look at Anfield that they've done a magnificent job on the main stand. Yeah. That does talk about the Anfield road end, and I think eventually you probably see something at the and in the Kenny Dalglish stand. And if it goes on, you probably see the copy being made bigger as well. But that all depends on infrastructure as well. But then you look at they brought look they brought Jurgen Klopp Jurgen Klopp to the to the club. That's all you have to say on these people. Um, they 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 do make mistakes. Chris said it earlier, and we've all agreed that they made mistakes. And um, the furlough was a mistake. Um, the seventy seven pound tickets was a mistake. There's been there's been other ones, but they learn. They always seem to learn, and they always seem to push forward. I seen John W Henry doing it, and not doing. I didn't see him doing an interview. I read an interview we done, and he said we're always thinking about tomorrow. And I I I believe him when he says that because they they seem to stage by stage make this club bigger and and better. Um, you know, it's the biggest club in the world for me, but the the way they've the, the, the way they've built it and the foundation they've sat it on, you know, is is phenomenal. How did he get better? I, th- I, I think they can maintain what they have now, Keith. But I'm being honest with you, and I've said this to Grace um, off air. I've said it to what a lot of the lads. Um, I think they sell the club. I'm being honest with you. Yeah. I think it will get to the stage where no matter how many night deals you have or how many advertising hoardings you have or sponsors on your sleeves, your your, your socks, whatever it is, there's only so much you can do to, to keep pace, no matter how big you are, with sovereign countries. And and that's just the reality of it all. Um, you know, when you look at the likes of Manchester City, Newcastle were nearly bought over by a, a, a group of people that dwarf Man City's wealth. You know, you look at Manchester United. Now, I think we're, I think we can, we can go and compete with Manchester United, um, money wise over the next probably three to five years because of the trajectory we're on and the way they are going about their business. Um, I think both of those clubs could sit side by side with regards to making money and generating money. But I genuinely think, I think Shawnee said the other day, Liverpool are probably valued around 2.6 billion mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, two options. You sell part of it. 
with the person coming in guaranteeing that they will put X amount of money into the club or you sell it and I'm terrified of selling this club and being honest with you. Grizz, can you see the selling the club an option or how do you think they'll take it forward? It's difficult. I agree with Gav. Um, taking this club forward in the existing working model would have to be would it would have to be hundred percent success rate in everything they do. And that's the margin of error that they're working with. And that's the only downside of their working model, if there is a downside, if you know what I mean. It's gotta be perfect every time, especially when you're when you're working against, as he says, sovereign states, countries with you know, with unlimited funds and, and this financial fair play being sort of treated like a joke, uh, as we've seen. But if, if 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 they can't control financial fair play, then I can see them selling. I agree with Gav. Look, I can't see. I would say if you ask most fans uh, of other clubs around the world, they would say they're inside. If they take off their bias hats, they would say they're envious of the way we're run, on and off the pitch, when they get serious. Yeah, banter aside, joking aside, you know, crack all your jokes, but we're the most well-run club from top to bottom. And the way we've done it is admirable. And we forget, we forget how we got here. We forget how, you know, just like we 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 scrutinise every signing that plays for us, we scrutinise every back staff signing every coach every fitness expert and it leads back to the way we recruited Jurgen Klopp we had Ancelotti and Jurgen Klopp it came down to but we done so much homework you know our background checks into how Jurgen Klopp thinks about football how he thinks about clubs owners management everything we owe that to FSG for doing that homework yeah to get Jurgen Klopp on the scene and that's been the biggest success story for us on top of that they they worked their magic, enabling us to win 19 Champions League, all the other etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, trophies, and where we are now. Every fan wants their club, their owners, to go forward, keep pushing. Shut up, man! Stop looking at the past. Where you know we want to go forward. I get that, but sometimes, and the beauty of our club, I say, is the humility of our club and the ownership and our manager and everything. We have to be humble sometimes and say, look. We've done magnificent so far and it's worked. Trust in us, as Klopp says, trust in our process. And he's part of that process. That man doesn't sign another contract extension if he doesn't believe in the process. So stop talking about Klopp. This Klopp doesn't agree with our man. He must be screwing. Any top level manager working under FSG, man. No, he believes in the whole system from A to Z. Hence why he's sign that extension and he says and he'll say again now probably next you know the next phase is you know stop doubting still believe and and you know some of us unfortunately because we're human and emotion and, and sort of our past you know works against us sometimes we are insecure we're always going to be insecure because of the last 30 years that we've had to endure but props took us this level with the motto of like turning doubters into believers and we have to carry on believing and believing is like you've got to see yeah, to believe you've got to see. And we've seen the success, so we, we've got no reason to, to, to stop believing, in my opinion. It's very difficult to maintain this against some of the mega giants that we're up against, countries that we're up against, but I believe in their process. And I think they're smart. 
I think they're smart in terms of when they know they can't compete anymore, when they know that their working model can only take us so far, then they will sell. And then you're in the lap of the gods, who we sell to, how we sell, and what the next owners are like. But at the moment, I'm very, very okay with them. Good stuff, good stuff. Callum, what about yourself? Can you have what way do you see them going forward? Um, so with FSG, I'm, I'm split right down the middle. Um, I've, I fully get where Grizz and Gav are coming from. I really do. Um, I think one thing I, I disagree with is the whole aspect of that. They saved us. And I, I use this analogy a lot. If I walked down the road and I saw a car that was on sale for, for half the price that it should be on sale for, me buying that car is a smart business acquisition as opposed to me saving the car. That doesn't mean I dislike FSG for buying Liverpool. I just, I don't like the narrative of them saving us because if they didn't buy us, someone else would have ultimately bought us. We are Liverpool Football Club. We wouldn't have just gone down the pan. Someone would have come in for us. That being said, I also, again, appreciate the fact that they've made mistakes, but they have gone out of their way to rectify it. Even mistakes like, remember when we didn't sign Clint Dempsey on the last um, day of the, the first window under Brendan Rodgers? And they came out, they apologised. Within their first couple of months, they actually did a live Q&A session on the Liverpool channel, which a lot of owners wouldn't do, where they actually had supporters ring in and say, look, this is what's happening at the club. Are you actually invested? Bloody blah, blah. They didn't have to do these things. So I will always have a special place in my heart for FSG and be grateful. My problem is, can they evolve financially with the strength of the others? And the way I judge them is the way I judge a football player. I loved Lallana as a football player. Absolutely adored him. He stood for Klopp's press. He stood for the fact that you may not be the most talented on the pitch, but you're the hardest working and your hard work will pay off. However, it came to a point where Lallana just unfortunately wasn't good enough and wasn't able to take us that next level on the pitch. Doesn't mean I dislike him. Doesn't mean I hate him. It just means that in life, you have to evolve what you have sometimes and some things have to move on. That's where I think this summer and maybe next summer could say a lot for FSG. Now, the sell-to-buy policy, in my opinion, has its pros and it has its negatives. I think this particular window, if we get rid of all the players that we should be getting rid of, we can use sell-to-buy and I don't have a problem with that. The problem comes in next summer, for example, when you have your squad there, you may need one or two players just to take you to that next level and then you're having to say, oh, well, if we don't sell a Salah or Mane, then we can't get those players. That's when sell-to-buy becomes a problem for me. Doing it this summer is not an issue. Last summer was frustrating because we had won the Champions League and we were told that we're going to do everything we can to make sure Klopp can win the Premier League. Now, here's where it kind of, as fans, we kind of get shut up because we didn't buy anyone, but we went and walked the league. So as fans, we've kind of got to take it on a chin and be like, well, you know what? <laughs> they didn't buy anyone, but we still walked it. So we can't sit there and say they're, they're crap owners. You know what I mean? And again, I don't think they are crap owners. I look at your likes of Man City, Chelsea and, 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 and Man United, and, and they're the three big ones in terms of financial spending power. Man United, I put them in their own category because they've done it through sustained commercialism over their, over their history. Chelsea and Man City, they're, they're sugar daddies. Let's, let's not sugarcoat it. They're sugar daddies. The moment Abramovich says, I'm not spending any more money, Chelsea is screwed. Like Their stadium probably holds less people than my front room and they have no history and they, they've just got nothing else. 
Man City are a club that came into being a couple of weeks ago, pretty much. Like, again, they can win all the trophies in the world. No one really cares. No one cares. Because, yeah, because they're not Man United. So the problem is, though, as you both said, if FSG are not competing, will they sell sooner or later? Because if they don't sell in time, then we could be sat here in a couple of years' time saying FSG really let us down here and we're back to being a team that's struggling to get to the top four as opposed to a team that's dominating the league and Champions League. I don't necessarily see FSG selling right now, especially not during the current climate. I don't see them selling right now. I think they make good money from us. My only other issue with FSG is the whole love for Red Sox. Um, me being a selfish Liverpool fan, I want anyone who's running my club to solely love Liverpool. And again, I'm not telling FSG how to run their business, but if you've got two massive organisations, you're juggling all the time. If Red Sox, which is your first love and your first passion, which is fair enough, aren't doing so well, I think you're going to dedicate a lot of time and energy into that, which are you going to start, you know, neglecting Liverpool? So that's that's my situation on that. As things stand, I'm not going to fully judge FSG until that window shuts. I can't. I can't get angry at them over something that hasn't happened yet. But if we end the window and we haven't sorted out a centre-back and a wide forward, I'm I'm going to be livid and I'm, I'm going to potentially sway on the side of these lot aren't giving Klopp the backing that he needs to keep us at the sustained level where we are and then things could change. But until that happens, I, I'm sitting on the fence. Good stuff, good stuff. Griffith, I'll give you a last say on FSG. How do you think they can take us forward or what this you're looking for? I'm getting my popcorn I'm ready for this. Yeah, <laughs> You know what? I'm, I, I I like a lot of what Callum said. Actually, Callum makes sense. You know, everyone's made good points. And again, like I said, I'm in the middle. I'm not FSG in. I'm not FSG out. I'm FSG spend some fucking money. That's the that's the camp that I sit in. Um, Definitely one way they could take us forward would be if they can convince the best manager that's ever existed to extend even past 2024 right now. Like, let's keep this guy here until he can't even walk properly and do those runs down the touchline. So <laughs> if, if they can manage to pull that off, then straight away they, they've taken us forward. The idea of them selling does actually make sense. So Gav's point on that, I, I, I've never really thought about it until now, but it does make sense. But if I'm honest with you, I'd be very worried who they sell it to if it was literally just for the money. Because if you were only going to sell it to somebody who can afford it, it might not be the right person to be buying the club. So I'll be very careful about, yeah, let's just let's, let's, let's get people in who've got money. It's like, no, 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 it doesn't work like that. One thing I will say about Man City, love them or hate them for what they've got, their owners actually care about the club. And you can tell that all the decisions they make are for the better of Man City, that if they ever did walk away one day, that club is set up properly and run properly. Yeah, they do pump money in a lot, but they, I mean, their training complex is phenomenal. All the stuff they do in the area is amazing. Yeah, uh, Man City didn't even have ways to bring youth players through. Really, they, they've got a proper youth structure there now. So if they was to walk away tomorrow and an owner took over, say, like FSG, who weren't just going to pump money in, Man City would still be like, do you know what? Our previous owners set us up perfectly that we are still able to run properly. So 
if we could get owners like that with that amount of money, yeah, FSG, do you know what? Thank you for your time. It's been it's been amazing. You gave us our first title in 30 years and we'll never forget you. But let's go get Sheikh Mansur to now take us to that level now where whoever we need, we get. But if it's going to be somebody who is going to be very sketchy all over the place, we don't quite know what's going on. There's all politics and craziness and our name kind of gets dragged through the mud. I'm not happy with that. Do you know what I mean? We're a classy club. We need to remain proper. Do you know what I mean? And I don't want it to just all start getting sketchy and we start getting questioned about what people are doing. Do you remember? I think it was actually Man City's owner before this. Didn't he get like indicted for some craziness yeah. or something like that? And it's like, we don't need That's all of that nightmare. going on. Do you know what I mean? Shinawatra, wasn't it? We don't need yeah, all of that. Well, so yeah. sending the club on 50-50. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's what they can I, do I, other than get. No, no, I think that's I think that's where it's interesting where where selling a stake, where you where you know the owners you have with regards, you know what FSG are, you know what they're about, you know they're mm. good custodians of the club, but you're getting an injection in as well. You know that's I how think, I think, I think it goes. I think that's I think that where yeah, I might yeah. lean as well. Mm. Mm. No, no, that, that that definitely, yeah, I'd be way happy with that. I will, yeah, I'd be way happy with that. Um, yeah. But I mean, other than getting clocked to stay forever, I mean, I'm not sure how they can move us forward unless they change their model. They have to, Moneyball has gotten us this far. It's won us the league and we're so grateful that we've won the league after all these years. But if a, if a Timo Werner or a Thiago becomes available, you have to tweak it. I've said it on my channel, on our channel so many times. Every now and again, you need to show us you love us. It can't always be the perfect business model. It can't always be, yeah, we, we've made profit here and this makes sense and that makes sense. They're still worth over $2 billion. You know, as a company, regardless of, of which way you want to look at it, they've got money. Every now and again, spoil us. Every now and again, just dip into your pocket, pull a little bit of money out of your own pocket and go, this is why we love you. This is to prove that we aren't just owners trying to make money off you and run you as a business, which Callum has said so many times on our channel, we shouldn't be run as. Football has a business element. We should not be run as a business. We don't tune into CNN to see the results of Liverpool. We tune into Sky Sports because we are a sports team. So stop this whole everything is just about money. There has to be an element of love and you have to look at the sport first. So every now and again, just show us you love us. Just dip into your pocket and make a loss just for one year to prove you actually care about Liverpool because they show everything to show they care about the Red Sox. And I get it. Red Sox is their love. They're a baseball-loving American you know, business. I get that. But every now and again, just show us you love us. That's all we want. We want to know that you don't just look at us as money, as a cash cow. We want to know that even though you run the club well as a business, you love us as a football team. And surely seeing the fan base over the last three or four years since they've really seen what we're about when we've actually been successful, they must look at us and think, do you know how globally huge this club could be if we do this right? It's the biggest fan base in the world, with the best fans in the world, with the best manager in the world, with currently the best players in left-back, right-back, centre-back, left-wing, right-wing. If you ask Callum up front... um, like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, how many positions don't we have the best player in the world right now? Fabino, arguably, is holding man. Do you know how global we could be if you just put a little extra love in 
and don't just make it about business. So if FSG ever, for some reason, saw this video, I'll say, can we just have that Christmas present that we weren't expecting? That's what we want. We, get it. we know our parents can't afford it, but for some, somehow they pulled it off and they got us that mountain bike and the Super Nintendo. So we go back to school after the holidays and go, Super ah, you don't understand how much my parents love me. You don't understand how much my parents love me. Do you know what I mean? I think they subscribe. I think they subscribe or so we might be listening. Yeah, a drift right, with that, had a yeah, with Nintendo, which is amazing. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna be the first person I DM when we sign Tiago. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> I, I, I was right. <laughs> had a list of people he has to DM. They'd want they want to make contact with him before this before yeah. they sign him, to be honest. There's been plenty of contact, don't worry about that. Mm. Don't worry, Grace I'll be I'll be looking him. forward to that. I'll be looking forward what to that. Tripping all these, up, all these, pro- landmines all on these programs are being recorded, don't worry about that. That's it. Oh, that's you're it. wearing my appetite now, Grizz. I'm not going to lie. I might just get sick <laughs> littered around the house. I might just put the number now, six somewhere. And seeing, that passionate, seeing that passionate speech by Drifty's got me. I'm going to have to DM the brother. You know what, lads? This has been an absolutely brilliant show. We've got 420-odd people still watching. So first off, a bit of housekeeping for us. So anyone that's in there that doesn't subscribe to our channel, hit the bell icon, get all the free notifications, all the free Liverpool content you can get. It can't be beaten. There's loads of it, loads of this sort of stuff. Second, if you don't watch the Coppish YouTube channel, get on and subscribe to that because their work is excellent as well. And it's it's been just a top show tonight. It's been brilliant debate back and forth. It's been really enjoyable. The chat has been absolutely rocking tonight. We've still got loads in there thrown in their um, thoughts, which has been absolutely brilliant. So it's just been a great little show. It's been great to get the lads on. Gav, I want to just touch on the predictor race. How's that been going? It's flying. I'm actually getting a bit worried that I'm. I've taken this on myself uh, to collate <laughs> yeah, all the to collate yeah, all the this. all the bits. Um, yeah, it's very simple. Listen, we have a YouTube. Obviously, we have a YouTube channel. We're on YouTube now. What are you talking about, Gav? We have a YouTube video on our channel um, called Predictor Ace. You go in there. It's about six or seven minutes long. I tell you exactly how it works. Um, in the description is the 50 questions you have to answer. You literally take them, answer them, and send them to the email that's in the description. Um, there's 50 questions. There's going to be one winner. We're working daily on getting more prizes. Um, we have got a few people on board and sometime next week we'll announce who we have, but we, we have some really good, really nice people, um, that, that look after us, um, on board and we're going to work on more. And as well as that, of course, them subscribers, if they keep going and they get the 3000, we give away, um, the new Liverpool jersey with all the badges and the numbers and, um, all that sort of messing and, Quality. Choosing the winner involves me and a big bucket of golf balls, which should be good. Hmm. Excellent, excellent stuff. So that's what we have to look forward to. So look, we're going to finish up there. Drifty, thanks very much for giving us the time to come on and uh, chat about Liverpool. It's been a pleasure having you. Oh, it's been a pleasure being on, man. I hope this isn't the last time we collab, man. It's it been won't a, be. It's been oh, amazing, definitely man. won't definitely won't and Callum the same to yourself I know we've had you a few times and it's always a pleasure and it's always a good show when you're on so again thanks very much for joining us tonight 
No, absolute pleasure is all mine. Like you guys are one of the channels I really look forward to coming on. Not saying that I don't like the other channels if you invite me. That's exactly <laughs> what you're saying, Callum. Fair play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me just zip it. It's a late night. Let me zip it. Thank you for I, having I me. Like, yeah, we we'll let it that. Yeah, we get that put on a mug for one of the prizes for the predictor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grace Khan, it's always a pleasure having you. Good to have you again tonight, buddy. No problem, Pat. No worries, and Gav. Annoy off the host and fire. Thank you very much for tonight. Yeah, and no, it was a really good show. I have to say, it was it was brilliant. Um, an hour and fifty three minutes, and I enjoyed every single minute of it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Whopper. Blue boy. So did it did it was a great show and still so many listening which is brilliant so look we'll leave it there thanks very much everyone for joining us tonight we've been the lfc day trippers and coppish collab and it's been a great show we'll see you again soon this podcast is brought to you by progressive have you tried the name your price tool yet it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget it's easy to start a quote and you'll be able to find a rate that works for you It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive. Get your quote today at Progressive.com and see why four out of five new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Sports Social Podcast Network.